Welcome back. It is time for my favorite hour of the week. It is time for My Side of the Universe on KOAL 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. I'm your host, Todd Wilcox, and the show is brought to you by the Eastern Utah Tourism and History Association. They're right there in downtown Price. Go see what they have to offer. Talk to Darren. Talk to Sue Ann. They'll help you find great gifts. They'll help you with history of the area. They'll help you with different hauntings. They'll tell you where to go for ghost hunt. Uh, if you want to just hang out and talk, they'll do that. But, you know, go down there and find a gift. There's some great, great, great gift ideas at that store. So go see what they have to offer and, and have a good time. So today as we talk about our gifts, funny I should just be talking about guests. Funny I should just be talking about Darren and Sue Ann. That's who's going to be on today. They're going to be telling us what to take when you go ghost hunting, uh, what to have with your paranormal investigation. I'm sure it's going to be everything from water to batteries to all kinds of good stuff and talk about different equipment. It'll be fun. It'll be informative. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because Darren and Sue Ann are always a blast to talk to. And you all know that I'm personal friends with Sasquatch. And before we break away for a quick break, before we get to Darren and Sue Ann, I just want you to think about something that he told me. Believe in yourself, especially when no one else will. We'll be right back with more My Side of the Universe on KOAL 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. Welcome back to My Side of the Universe on KOAL 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. I am so happy to have our sponsors and friends on today. We have Darren Bobcat Tepley, and we're going to have Kitty Martell as well. We'll call her Sue Ann Kitty. We just won't go straight to Kitty. Uh, it's good to get the nicknames. Uh, Darren, welcome back to My Side of the Universe, and, and thank you for being our sponsor. Oh, thank you for allowing us to be your sponsor and <laughs> to talk about this. Yeah, this is fun. Um, I can't imagine a better a better group of people, you and Sue Ann, to be our sponsors and to, and to be involved uh, than the people, you know, for the people in cash country, cash country, holy moly, see what happens when we talk about the weather, and cattle, now I'm going to call it cattle country, castle country, <laughs> holy moly, uh, I'm way behind on my coffee apparently, um, so anyway, it's fun having a sponsor that can actually talk about what we're doing and, and is involved in what we're doing. And I'm, I'm really excited about today, we're, we're going to go over the things that you take with you on ghost hunts and, and the different uh, things that you, you question, and, and uh, I, I really can't wait to, to hear more about it. Oh, well, yeah, we'll <laughs> dive in, and it's actually nice to be talking about something that's not OHV land right. <laughs> Yes, we we will not talk about OHV land rights, that's for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, for once, the ghosts have not complained about us and the way we investigate. <laughs> that's good. So, when, when you go on your investigations, I love the way you call it your luggage. How many pieces of equipment do you think you take with you? Uh, you really don't want to know that. I'm probably over a couple hundred but they're small things. Um, basically, what we use is a, if you can hear me knocking on it, it is literally a metal piece of uh, 1930s 
file luggage. Um, the reason why I use metal is not only is it protective of the equipment, but um, portable flashlights, if they're magnetic, can be stuck to it and either direct inside the luggage or out where you're investigating um, so you're not in the total dark. Okay. Um, but also, if you um, have an object that you think is really interfering with your investigation, um, you can put it inside a Faraday bag with, and then inside the metal luggage, and it's basically cut off to the EM detectors when it doesn't interfere anymore. Can you share with the the people listening what a Faraday bag is and why it's important? It's a great thing to have, and very few people do. Uh, basically, they're kind of a mylar mesh bag that you put an electronic object in it. It protects it from an EM pulse, electromagnetic pulse, but it also turns it off to the outside world. So if you shove a, for example, a cell phone in it, then it no longer is receiving the signal. It's off-grid, and it's essentially a dead object. And it won't interfere with the different um, meters that you have, right? Right. Yeah, and and also yeah. protect if the if the sun should have one of those flares that's supposed to shut down everything. It should keep it relatively safe in that, right? Yes. But hopefully, we won't experience an EM pulse. Even though right now the magnetic poles are kind of fluctuating a lot by about twenty miles. But uh, let's see. In addition, we have a large collection of various clip-on and area lights that you can actually pick up from a tractor supply, uh, <laughs> but uh, which is where we got ours. But Excellent. in addition, uh, we have specialized lights. The most convenient thing I've found right now, and I guess I'm going to go back and I'm going to probably honk off most of the ghost hunting community. When you go and buy your equipment, Find the normal everyday version of it before someone sticks a sticker of a ghost on it and calls it ghost hunting equipment <laughs> because that basically will save you two-thirds of the cost for the sticker and the ghost hunting label. Yes, and, and all they've done is gone to the same stores you're talking about for the most part, purchased these, or maybe they bought a bunch on Amazon or something, purchased them, put them in a kit, and, and marketed it as something they created, right? Yeah, and suddenly a, you know, a $14 item is now suddenly 80-some. Um, but one of the gadgets that we use is a combination flashlight that we bought online before it was pre-marked ghost hunting, that is a combination normal LED, ultraviolet, and a laser light. So it cuts oh. down on the amount of equipment you have. And we have six of those in our box, uh, which we use for group ghost hunts. Um, we have your typical temperature gauge. Um, Yes, eh, just beep there. And um, basically, we then go on to other equipment. First thing I've got to say is always have fresh batteries, fresh data cards, fresh cables, and fresh um, USB batteries available. Um, 
in your kit because sometimes at the worst time you will find out the equipment fails or what you thought was a camera with an empty card suddenly is a full card. <laughs> um, and, you know, as I say, if you have uh, one battery that dies, that's suspicious. If suddenly you have 12 batteries that die, then you have something. Um, and with batteries, it's almost impossible to have too many with you, right? Other than when, right. when the weight gets uh, especially too big. if you're going from a warm environment to a cold, uh, those suckers will drain and flash freeze and be useless really quick, which is something ghost hunters need to watch out for because, you know, can't tell you how many times people have gotten excited when suddenly their batteries drain and going, let's try Brand new, fresh batteries. Oh, that's draining too. It couldn't be the fact that it's five degrees outside. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to steal somebody's line. Like, I want to steal somebody's uh, line here. Uh, I was hoping to steal somebody's line and just say sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Um, so yeah. <laughs> just because the batteries have drained does not mean a ghost or an entity has done it. Yeah. You need to look for other stuff at the same time. Um, another thing that we use are the colored LED light sticks. And the reason why we use those is we clip those to the members of our ghost hunting team so that if you have cameras set up and you go, oh, look, there's a shadow moving in the background. Oh, it's a red light. It's Bobcat. Oh, it's a blue light. It's Kitty. You don't freak out. Uh, sorry, there's another call coming in. Ignore it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but that also helps to cut down on confusion. Um, one of the things that um, is a great gadget that we have started to mix together is the... Um, oh, God, it doesn't say who made it on there. Well, it's a company... <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, but it's a camera stick mount, and it has um, a battery in it. Um, they're made by Vivitar. I remember that. And the neat thing about this is you can also use it to power your equipment for a longer time. And if you have enough camera mounts and attachments, you can start to connect them together into a stick where you can power your camera extra amount of time and you can power another object. And so what I tend to do is actually hook up a scuba light, um, as in scuba diving. Okay. But the nice thing about it is a small four-inch by four-inch by half-an-inch light will put out a massive amount of light for where you're filming or you can turn around and also put infrared projectors on it uh, which we do and then also um, area and spotlight infrared projectors so you can hit a large area very good and the, and the lights you know talking about the lights brings up a question um, you you do the the night investigations what's your thoughts on going to during the day, do you, do you have a preference between day or night? Actually, no, we don't. And I prefer 
to actually light up um, part of the night at times because, as I use an example, we had a ghost hunt where the person's going, yes, you can see all this stuff that happens here, and I had set a small XTC camera, video camera, to the side, pointed sideways with a motion sensor light, and we caught the person reaching around the corner with a broom and shaking the photos on the wall, the pictures, and it turned out once we confronted the person that they were trying to get out of their rental contract by oh. claiming the house was haunted. <laughs> oh, and that's too bad because that, that shines yeah. a bad light on you. Um had you not caught that and then somebody else did later, it, it makes it look like you're trying to pull something on somebody instead of the one that yep. was. So, yeah, I've, um, I've found throughout the years that we get just as many EVPs during the day as we do at night. The big difference is the things that you pick up on infrared and and different camera things. That tends to be better at night. But as far as EVPs, they've been just as good, if not better, during the day. Has that been your experience? Yeah, basically ghosts have no sense of time of day. I know some people will sit there and go, it has to happen exactly at 3.01 a.m. <laughs> and, and 32 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but that whole witching hour thing makes me chuckle every time. There may be something to it, but it, it to me feels more like something out of Hollywood than something that actually is valid. Actually, my theory is that kind of goes back to the old Russian European myths of the um, hour of the wolf where everyone can't sleep and they have that, that impending sense of dread as the wind's outside and they drink their vodka. Ah, so that's where the spirits are coming from, not necessarily from the grave, but from the bottle. Yep. <laughs> I love it. And in no way was I paid to say that. <laughs> um, as for our cameras, we have a large collection of um, infrared night vision cameras, normal vision, and um, basically video cameras um, that have their own IR boosters on the frame. Uh, infrared, for those who don't know what I'm saying. But for everyday cameras, I prefer stuff like the Nikon Coolpix 6300 because you can use it in a hurry. It's pretty much set to auto and idiot proof for a digital camera that gets beautiful results, especially at night. Um, the Panasonic Lumix series, I mean, those things do wonderfully clear and not grainy. Um, let's see um for video cameras we use everything from your basic sony night vision camera to midland xtc's and i actually prefer the 200 series over the 400 series the 400 series has a lot of it does better quality but a lot of features that take away from the simplicity of it but it's a one-button on-off camera, and these things are tough. We've lost them off the roof of our car while driving, <laughs> and they keep going. 
Tough is important, you know, especially you guys are in some of the roughest terrain anywhere on some of your hunts. So, yeah, the the toughness would be important. And we're about ready to break away for commercials. But, Darren, I, I wanted to go back to that Faraday bag that you talked about. And, and yeah. for people, um, you, you know, you explained it really well. And I just want to kind of expand on that. Whenever you see the guy in the aluminum foil hat trying to keep the aliens from talking to him, he's basically doing the same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's created his own his own Faraday hat. Um, so we're going to be back in just a minute with more Darren and Sue Ann on My Side of the Universe on KOAL 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. Welcome back to My Side of the Universe on KOAL 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. This is Todd Wilcox, and we have our sponsors and friends, Sue Ann and Darren. They're talking to us about the things they take on ghost hunts, and uh, whether it's their own or with groups. And Darren, one of the things you talked about in the last segment was putting the lights on people. What a great idea. Um, not just, you know, to make it easier when you're reviewing video, but... You know, sometimes you're in areas where you just get lost and to see somebody down down the valley a little ways to know where to go find them, that's got to help a lot too. Yes. So, yeah. um, well, in fact, we try to keep the cell phones to a minimum. We do use walkie-talkies at time and lock them down and use headsets so it doesn't get picked up by the um, – microphone on the recorders but uh as a general rule we try and you know keep in contact but if someone suddenly turns on a two million candle power spotlight you know you've got a problem <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and that's that's actually the number i was going to come up with when you were talking with the about the scuba i was going to go with a million lumen um how much is the lumen on that scuba light that you use how much is the what on the oh the lumen on the scuba light? Yeah, it is. Um, it sets between three thousand and five thousand luminins. So there's plenty of light with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. So when we left, we were talking about the the different cameras that you were using, the video cameras, and uh, you know, so just so you can get back into the groove where you were. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fond one of, um, and this is actually a gripe I have with the ghost hunting community, especially as people start to make their own equipment and slap a ghost sticker on it. There so needs to be a standard of um, how this stuff is made. You know, ghost hunting group A will take a Sony camera and it'll be 16 megapixels. Another group will modify the same camera, but it'll be stuck at 4 megapixels, which is kind of blurry, and the uh, flash won't be totally disabled. So basically you have to buy a bunch at the same time, and that way you have a match set with results instead of going, well, in this camera, we kind of have a blurry orb. In this camera, we can see it's, you know, PJ with his light. <laughs> that PJ, he's always doing something. 
Yep. <laughs> he's probably he's wandering. Too. He's wandering off looking for Bigfoot. <laughs> yep. So and then but, you know, uh, with the cameras too, the more, the the higher, the the, you know the, like you were saying the sixteen on it, you're getting sharper pictures. When you start getting into the lower numbers on those it's real easy for the camera to get confused in low light areas and start making, creating shadows and, and creating blur and, and things that look like movement when in reality there's nothing there. Not only do they do that, but uh, sometimes the autofocus will just wander instead of um, filming what you want it to film and sharpen up on that. All of a sudden, you're off on the side on this leaf instead of the headstone or the old building. Ah. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. So then, so Uh you've got the cameras, and then what else are you taking? Or or are we going to stay with what's in the luggage, or are you going to... Move Let's around. Stick for a minute with what's in the luggage. Perfect. Uh, there's a new gadget that we're playing with that I just dropped and uh, popped the uh, battery pack off. <laughs> but it's called the Paranology's Anomaly Cam, and this is something that is being sold to the ghost hunting market right now. And as a starting gadget, I will say. It holds potential. I would like to see what it becomes in several years because right now it's a modified infrared um, infrared vision night vision dash cam dual setup inside of a 3D printed box. So it's convenient in that it takes photos at night and video. It lights up a good area. Um, one of our particular units is a little cockeyed, and so camera A is pointing more skyward than it is forward, uh, and the other one's pointing forward, uh, but you can do instant playback, you can do night vision, and I wrote, they have their own battery packs. I'm not too fond about it using AA batteries, um, because, as I said, if it gets jiggled, um, the case pops open and the batteries drop out. But it's a good start. And in, you know, eight, ten years, you might have something worth uh, patenting. But right now, it's just something they've kind of slapped together from different parts? Yeah. Okay. Different parts, uh, Radio Shack bits, and a 3D printed frame okay yeah there's there's a lot of new gadgets out there my my friend that i go ghost hunting with she's forever finding something and uh sometimes it's good sometimes it's not uh it seems like to me and and maybe i'm a little bit off here if if a guy were to have some kind of uh, voice recorder some kind of recorder you know for for audio and a and a basic digital camera, fairly nice digital camera, and some kind of a night vision camera, you're pretty much, that'll get you started, right? In, in a pretty good way. Yes. So it's not like in you fact, have to, in our, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was going to say, in fact, in our book, I kind of did a individual ghost hunting 101 for one person package. And 
what I'm describing today is the, hey, you've got a group of people out there package. Okay. And you've you've got the the book that you just referenced at your store, I would assume? Yes. Okay. Uh, we're closed right now for construction, but this weekend we'll be back in Emory County. In fact, where we first met many years ago, yes. uh, doing another Gypsy Tent event and have our <laughs> store up down there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, for those that don't know, Darren was one of the first people I met uh, when I came to Castle Country. We were at a, at a fair, and um, somehow, I don't know how it is, but but guys that do the same kind of thing almost always bring it up somehow and uh, just, you know, immediately liked you and, and we've uh, kept in touch ever since and had fun and then great opportunity to get together with this show. So, yeah, that was that was by far the best part of that event was meeting you and, and getting to know you there. Yes, thank you. And it's been a great friendship. Without question. Yeah. And I, I yeah, get weird to do sci-fi references as well as ghost hunting. <laughs> That's always a bonus. <laughs> always a bonus. So uh, where else are we going with the with the equipment we want to take? I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Uh, one of the things that we also do uh, have is multiple EM detectors of different flavors. And the reason why I say it's different flavors is, uh, first, we have the standard one you see on all the ghost hunting shows of the two green lights, one yellow and or orange and red, and K2s also are what they're called. Um, and they will point out either leaking electrical wires or something weird going on, something that we've recently been experimenting with is we have six of those in our box and I printed out a group of papers that have like uh, written on them gold one and square and black five and arrow and uh, red triangle and two and what we do is we set those far away from each other and the EM detector on the piece of paper and we actually have had a couple of incidents where when we're having ghostly activity, where we can sit there and say, can you just now make black five blink and none of the others? And it has happened. That's interesting. All right. Yeah, I like that. Um, that's that's interesting. It really takes a lot of the, Oh, the accidental light-ups out of it. Um, you know, if, you're, if you've got them separated like that with a specific name to it that's an odd name um, and getting it to light up that, I think that is a stronger bit of evidence than just, uh, if you're here, make this light up. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I love it. Great. Especially if you're calling it out by a specific unit. Yeah. Yeah, that is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you come up um, with that idea? Actually, that came around from um, our leading pub public ghost hunts, and people would just sit there and lay their EM detectors out, and I'm going, okay, we're getting activity. This is great. And the thing is, we're trying to figure out what's going on while you also have a 
audience of over-enthusiastic ghost hunters who are there for the first time. <laughs> and what happens is I'm going, there needs to be a way where, you know, we start moving them farther apart, like in this graveyard in uh, Castlegate where there was a disaster. And we were going, okay, we still need to separate and identify each individual EM detector, and that's how I came up with that one. Nice. Because at one of those ghost hunts, we're going, okay, can you light up the one with the rock next to it? Can you light up the one with the weed? Can you light <laughs> up the one next to the headstone? Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world, and that's, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. So that's great, and that's what I love to hear is that new things are coming out and you're you're finding new ways of of doing this. And, and each time that you find those those new things, I think the the evidence becomes more specific and probably a little bit easier to uh, interpret and and eventually we'll have a much better idea of, of what is taking place here. Yeah, and like I say, we need to have a standardization in the equipment. Um, one of the new gadgets that we're playing with um, is a super elaborate um, K2 EM detector meter and it is the GQ EMF 380. And for the sci-fi reference, this is kind of bordering on a tricorder. Uh, <laughs> yes, it will tell you the amount of background uh, noise. It'll have a whole bunch of modes. But my favorite feature of this thing is that it'll tell you what kind of EM you're detecting. And so it'll sometimes pop up and just say normal. It'll say static. It'll say microwave. It'll say power lines. It'll say TV. And, you know, so you know to back away from whatever it is you're having interference with, and then your other EM detectors aren't going as wild. And... And when you're using that and you're in an isolated area and you're picking up, um, in the same TV or whatever, do you think it truly is the TV EM that is picking up or is it, is it getting something and not interpreting it correctly? Um, so far, not so much. Um, we have gone like, okay, if it says microwave, especially if one's in operation, we've unplugged it, um, cell phone that's kind of easy um basically it just gives us a way to go and figure out what may be causing interference and remove it we have had it once say it was a cell phone in a dead end electronically dead canyon um so we turned off all the cell phones and what we figure it was, was the cell phone trying to send out a distress signal to the tower of, why won't you connect with me? Okay. And that makes sense, especially where a lot of your investigations are when you're in those canyons. Um, Darren, we're yep. about ready to go to, to break. And um, just before we do, I, I'm thinking, as, as you're using this equipment, if maybe they accept any input from you, you would ask them to add a couple more sensors on there. And I'd say one should be for a bear. And then the other one, of course, for Sasquatch. 
Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a whole different realm of ghost art, paranormal hunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just my thoughts. Uh, but we'll be right back with more My Side of the Universe on KOAL 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. Welcome back to My Side of the Universe on KOAL, 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. I'm your host, Todd Wilcox, and we have our friends Sue Ann, Kitty Martell, and Darren Bobcat Tepley with us. Uh, we were having a good time during that break, and it's probably good that it ended. Um, but <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> She's over here saying plausible deniability. There we go. Yeah, and, and luckily none of it was recorded, so there's there's nothing that can be used against anybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Darren, I was having so much fun laughing, I forgot where we were going to start this off. What You were going to go with the um, the uh, Ghost Meter? Ghost Meter Pro, yeah. Okay. okay, this is one of those objects that the skeptic in me hates. Yes, we own one, and I'm going to come out and say this, and I'm probably going to honk off the entire ghost hunting uh, community. They are crap. They are useless. They are a toy for entertaining newbies. Um, the reason why I say this is we've kind of become the equivalent of Harry Houdini, where we go to other groups' public ghost hunts, and we just sit there. And, yeah, me being me, kind of a major a-hole, I start <laughs> debunking. And on one of the public ghost hunts in Salt Lake, I'm not going to name names, um, I started noticing that the ghost meter pros that they use uh, were going off when they were near our equipment. And this guy was doing essentially a yes-no question session, and he had a ghost meter pro on the table. He also, as I would later find out, had a EM detector on his leg in the pocket of his pair of pants, and he was wobbling his leg under the table to cause the Ghost Meter Pro to start registering. And me being me, I started turning off and on our equipment, which then started screwing up their Ghost Meter Pro. And one of their members pulled me aside and said, okay, you figured it out. Don't do that anymore. We'll talk about it afterward. Good. So, um, Darren, can you tell us, explain to the audience what the Ghost Meter Pro is? Uh, it's supposed to be an elaborate form of uh, EM detector with extra lights and whistles. And this is where I also, as the skeptic, have issues because the paperwork that comes with it says you can ask ghosts X amount of questions, you know, between three to five based on their age. Uh, yeah, specific <laughs> questions based on their age of how long they have been deceased. So, you know, like super old ghosts will only answer three to five. Young ghosts will answer 11 to 16. And I'm just going, oh, this is 
hokey beyond belief. Yeah. Wow. And, <laughs> yeah, you can turn it up, and like I say, it's one of those fancy gadgets that looks good, sounds questionable, and impresses a lot of people, and um, it has an analog and a digital um, LED uh, light meter on it. You have the lights on the top, and yeah, I'm not overly thrilled with it. Like I say, once you catch someone faking a results of an investigation with it, you kind of lose faith in the equipment's ability. Yeah, without question. And of course, the faith hunting group too, <laughs> and the results. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and it it puts a bad light on all of us um, when they're doing that. Now, what are the? And I hope this isn't too far off topic. What are the? Um, what is the equipment where it it actually says that it's turning the EMF that is picking up into, or the EM into words? Is that the spirit spirit box? And uh... well, there's a couple of objects like that. There's the spirit box. Um, Kitty didn't want to come on and decided to let me talk about it as a skeptic. I call it the magic eight ball. What it oh, okay. is is a program called uh, what is that thing called? I'm trying to ah Ghost Radar Pro and. It run, it's an app that runs on your electronic device, either your tablet or your phone, and supposedly it gives you the area around you a la radar with the blippy lights, and then it pulls out random words out of the ether that it allegedly hears. And for the most part, I would love as a computer geek to take apart the programming in it and see what makes it tick. Um, there are some investigations that we've been on that, yes, the words that come out are interesting and apply to the location. And then there are other times where it's the equivalent of scrying in a bowl of alphabet soup. Yes. Yeah. And, and I find these things to be, it's almost like a, a party game. They're, to, to me, I kind of laugh and giggle and have fun for the first five minutes, and then I just want nothing to do with it. Um, I want to get away as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, some of them, some of the things that come out are like the modern-day equivalent of the Ouija board game, um, especially when, you know, like the voice boxes you're talking about, the... What it is is it's the it's an untuned radio that goes up or receiver that goes up and down the band and it pulls out random words and using a geek reference again, it kind of reminds me of uh, Greatest American Hero where it goes, you will be given a super suit <laughs> as it goes back and forth down the radio dial. Okay. Or how Bumblebee for a for a newer version, how Bumblebee speaks many times on Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I know some people swear by the voice box and it, okay, I'm going to honk off the ghost hunting community again. I 
I actually find it a kind of show when you have the person with a voice box and they're moving their hands up and over and around it like they're trying to form the words into the box. <laughs> Do they it's, think it's, it's a theremin? <laughs> <laughs> so they act like it's a theremin and it's going <laughs> to change. <Yeah. laughs> That's exactly. awesome. Uh, so one, I can tell you one time where where that did seem to work. I was at an investigation in Idaho, and uh, I was I was sitting in a chair, leaning leaning back. Uh, you would have thought I was a teenager in in a classroom being bored, but I'm leaning back on a chair, and of course I tip the thing over, and it launches me backwards. And that box says retard. <laughs> So, <laughs> other other than that, I'm not sure how accurate it was. <laughs> but I love the way you call it the magic eight ball. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Sue Ann was just saying something uh, in the background about uh, trying to defend the magic eight ball. Uh, where we have used it at certain locations, like uh, Robert Marshall's grave, who was a man who was lynched and hung three times in Carbon County. And we have had actual interesting results that come out of that, uh, complete with, like, phrases of many people scared, um, you know, don't, stuff like that. Okay. Things that all make sense for what was happening there. Did you say he was lynched three times? Yes. Wow. Yeah, we don't do things half, we can't say that word on air, half-butted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in Carbon County, but, yeah, see, that's a whole story in itself um, that we're working on and bringing out the truth on and the short version is he was a ah, union agitator who was unfortunately a black man brought into Carbon County to um, bring in and promote unions and the local law enforcement and mine companies didn't like it. Questionable what happened at that time, but the short version is he was hung from a tree uh, the first time for nine minutes, 40-some seconds, um, they let him down. He started breathing again. They hung him again, and this time he did die. And then the third time, they hung him again. And this time, they took photos and then turned them into postcards and sold them door to door. Wow. That's uh, a friendly uh, community. Uh, yeah, Sue Ann wants me to point out this was not yesterday. This was in the 1920s. Yeah, but still, that's that is just terrifying. Holy moly! Um, <laughs> I'm kind of at a loss now. <laughs> that, is, that is brutal. So we've got about four minutes left, Darren. Where would you like to 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 direct this conversation? We can go anywhere you like. Well, actually, I think we just kind of touched on that and the fact that ghost hunting and history research often go together. And like I say in our books, you know, you 
hear a ghost story and you go, I'm going to research what happened. And, oh, by the way, I'm also going to investigate the location and see if it could be all tied together. And that's kind of what we've been known for because, um, you know, there was a group of ghost hunters up in Standardville who saw a group of ghosts wandering around and we ended up discovering that it was kind of tied to a root cellar of deceased babies. You know, you have no idea where the investigation and the historical research will take you. Wow. And, yeah, and virtually what that's what this show is. I never know where we're going to end up as as we start going. Uh, and I would imagine your research is even more. But what do you do? There's there's Internet access that you can find things on. Where do you find your best source of information when you're doing historical um, search work like this? Well, multiple sources. Um, actually, we have become an official archive. Uh, the end of last year. So we have access to newspapers, clippings, you name it. We actually have a two-foot by three-foot drawer that is completely of two levels that is completely stacked with murder cases of uh, southern Utah. Uh, You know, we have thousands of historical photos. Um, Here, it just we're our own research source now. And is that is that accessible to the public, or or if you're with them, do you let them go through your archives? It will be right now. What we do is if someone comes in and goes, do you have any information about? Then we uh, say, yeah, give us some time to research, and we'll see what we can find. In fact, we just worked on a video production for a guy on that who was doing. Uh, ghosts of the area and then we went back and found all the historical photos from um, our collections that applied to his video and the way he was going. Man, that's cool. Uh, Darren, like I said, we're just about out of time, but uh, are you doing ghost hunts right now? I know you do a lot in the fall. Are you doing anything now that people can get involved in? What, What do you have going on? Actually, we're working towards it. Right now, we are in what I fondly call construction H-E double hockey six, but we're on air. <laughs> and we're going out, we're trying to map various routes across the desert because basically they're in danger of being removed in the current landfill. So we're trying to prove that these routes have historical value and are a part of our heritage so they don't get destroyed. Oh, that's fantastic. You guys do some great work, whether it's just for public information or the presentations that you do that are so much fun to be in, and, and now you're you're working on saving public land. That is that is fantastic. I, I thank you for what you do. And uh, Sue Ann, I know you're somewhere in the background. Thank you for being here today, too. Uh, we have unfortunately run out of time, but we'll talk to Darren and, and Sue Ann more in the future on My Side of the Universe on KOAL 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM.
Welcome back. I can't believe that my favorite hour of the week is already over. My fastest hour of the week is done. That hour that I get to spend with you on my side of the universe each week on KOAL 107.3 FM at 7.50 a.m. I'm your host, Todd Wilcox, and I had so much fun talking to Darren today. I don't know if you could hear Sue Ann in the background yelling at us, but she did a great job keeping us focused and on task. And uh, she she, uh, gave me a pretty good ration during the breaks and uh, a lot of fun today. A lot of uh, good learning today, and it was it was great. So we've got some great guests coming up. It seems like we're just getting funner and funner people to get on here. I, I had so much fun talking and laughing with Darren and Sue Ann today and had a great time talking and laughing with Steph Brady last week, and I'm sure there's more coming up. There's always something fun. Uh, so be looking at looking to the skies, be looking at haunted houses, going out there and having some good, fun paranormal investigations. And we've got we've got some good people coming up. I'm not going to tease. I'm not going to tell you who they are just yet. But there's some really fun guests coming up in the near future, and we'll be working on some kind of high level guests uh, before long as well as the ones close to home. We've got some national and international people getting ready to come on board with us. So stay tuned for that. Can't wait to talk to them and and uh, be with you again next week. So until then, remember, you matter. Until you multiply yourself by the speed of light squared, then you energy. We'll see you next week on My Side of the Universe on KOAL 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM.